Praise Lord everyone. You are listening to Biblical Doctrines Demystified, a special series by Reverend Dr. Y. Raj Das on Sajiva Vahini. This audio series is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast. Listen, share and subscribe. Dear friends, I greet you in Jesus name. Today the title of my message is Confession from a Clean Heart. to anchor my message on a particular verse let me read to you psalm 73 the first verse truly god is good to israel even to those who have a clean heart and also i'll read 23rd and 25th verse i am continually with you you are holding me by my right hand you shall guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me into glory whom do i have in heaven but you and there is none upon earth that you desire beside you These are the confessions of Asaph, a singer in Jerusalem temple, descendant of Gershom, a Levite, appointed to sing in the house of Yahweh. And he begins this psalm with a positive note of assurance and confirmation. Truly God is good to Israel, even to those who have a clean heart. But before Asaph could come to this condition, he was greatly confused. And he says, when he saw the wickedness of the people, wicked people prospering he was confused in his own heart the soul of asap saw the dynamics of successful wickedness and suffering righteousness people who are wicked are flourishing in their own lives and he said why this is happening i'm coming around the altar praying but i'm not able to succeed in this particular area he saw the successful wickedness and suffering righteousness so he began to get confused over this and then he went to the presence of god learned a few points and he enumerates that and then tells about the his inheritance in the presence of god let us go through what asafar learned in the presence of god the first point is the prosperity of the wicked verses 2 to 12 he says when i saw the prosperity of the wicked i was envious he saw the prosperity of the wicked people he was discouraged he was envious for there was no fetters in their own death but their strength was firm they did not have trouble as other men neither were they plagued by like other men therefore pride encompassed them like a chain violence covered them like a garment their eyes stood out with fatness they had more than their heart could wish they were corrupt spoke wickedly concerning oppression they spoke loftily and said how does god know and is there knowledge in the most high this was what was coming from the mouth of these wicked people and then behold the ungodly prospered in this world the increased in riches yes of us grieved in his heart he was confused when he saw the successful wickedness and also the suffering righteousness people who are righteous they were suffering his dilemma verses 16 to 17 when i thought to know this it was too painful for me you know when he was thinking about what was happening around too painful for him he analyzed to know this it was too painful for him he was grieved as long as he compared himself with the ungodly who prospered this is what's happening in this world now we see many people who are not godly who do not believe the lord who do not follow the lord they are prospering in their own life unless we go to the presence of god as asaph did and understand their end it will be confusing for us so asaph when he compared himself with the wicked people he was troubled he was having sorrow he kept his heart clean yet he thought that practice of faithfulness was worthless he said what is the purpose of being piet being a very spiritual and longing for holiness what is the use of it because wicked people are prospering now 
he did not tell his bitter thoughts to other people. He did not go and gossip. He did not say, look here, these people are like that, that piece of people are like that. He never said. He said, he went into the presence of God. He went into the presence of God. He did the right thing. You know, when we have problems, when we look at scenario outside, when there are discouragement, we must know what to do with all our needs, all our sorrows. So he went into the presence of God and there he understood their end. So the answer in this sanctuary was 17. I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Understood his discernment, to understand intellectually, to understand in our own spirit. He understood their end and God was able to show them their end. And he says, you have surely made them stand in slippery grounds. So dear friends, when we have problems of lack of understanding about the scenario, about the situation, or why we are having problem, unless we go to the presence of God, we will have spiritual myopia, that is, spiritual short-sightedness. We would not be in a position to look at the scenario as God will look at it. Now, he understood their real condition and their end. He says, surely they stand on slippery ground. They shall be cast down for destruction. Surely they, were, they are brought low, consumed with terrors. You know, people who are longing for prosperity, even through so-called spiritual means, when people long for money, long for prosperity, this is what will happen. People who are trust in money and people of the world, they stand on slippery ground. All people who preach prosperity gospel, um, destroying God's uniqueness and perverting God's word, they are also standing on slippery ground. One day they are going to fall because they preach God's word just for money. So, dear friends, we must be able to understand certain scenario when we go to the presence of God. And when he went to the presence of God, he understood his heart condition also. He had self-cognition, self-understanding. You know, when we have problems with people of the world or maybe people who are outside, um, I mean, family members or others, we must understand our own heart condition and also their need, their condition. So here in this case, Esau went to the presence of God, understood their end and also his own condition. And he says, I was convicted in my conscience. And he says, I was foolish. I was ignorant. I was like a beast before you, O Lord. See, this self-cognition must be there. When we walk in the light of God, we'll definitely understand who we are and where we are. Now, after understanding this, though he began this psalm with a positive note, he enumerates how he was able to come to that particular understanding that God is good to Israel who is of a clean heart. God is good to Israel when you have a clean heart. God is good to Israel and God is good to you and me when we have clean hearts. So, dear friends, he just brings out a few confessions. Confession 1. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such are of a clean heart. Clean is pure, sincere, empty. You know, when God speaks to us, we let him empty our heart of all unnecessary things, all the things of this world, so that he would be in a better position to bring in his own goodness in our own heart. A clean heart is from God. A clean heart loves God with all its heart. When you have a clean heart, you love the Lord with all your heart. Truly, God is good to Israel, to Israel who are of clean heart. So when we long for cleanliness in our own heart, God will be in our own lives. So now when we are longing for God's presence, we must understand our own heart condition. So God's goodness becomes inoperable and ineffective when we are living in shadows, when we are not able to 
walk in the path of God. When there is sin and disobedience, we live in a place where God's presence will not be there. Holiness will not be there. Holiness is quadash in Hebrew meaning sacred, holy, holy one, a saintly person. It's not actually sinless perfection, but at the same time, a person who knows his or her own heart condition goes to God for cleansing and God cleanses us. Now, this is what is needed. So, God is good to Israel who are of a clean heart. Now, the question that I want to place before you and before me also, am I clean before God? Am I clean in the sight of God? Are you clean in the sight of God? If we are clean in the sight of God, God is always good. So we sing God is good all the time, all the time God is good. We sing that, but do we know that God is always good? We can understand God's goodness and receive all the blessings that He kept in store for us only when we are able to have a clean heart. God is truly good to Israel who are of clean heart. The, the second confession that Asaph made was, I am always with you. Verse 23 and 24. Yes, I am continually with you. You are holding me by my right hand. You shall guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me into glory. Now, when we follow the Lord, what happens is morning, suppose if we pray for some time, go into the world, you are confronted by the values of this world, vanity of this world. When you involve yourself in those things, the understanding of God diminishes you will not know that God is with you. Here the uh, psalmist says, I am continually with you. You are holding me by my right hand. You shall guide me with your own counsel and afterward receive me into glory. Now we must have this assurance that we are being led by the Lord. Often we are personalities with our own volitional will and power of choice. We choose things for our own self. We feel, well, I know what I should do. Well, we have common sense, certain things we can choose. There's nothing wrong in it. But altogether, if we are praying people, the Spirit of God will be able to guide us what to do, what not to do. Now, here this psalmist says, I am continually with you, Lord. You're holding me by my right hand. Being in Christ is enough. Just imagine when you're holding under the right hand of God, rather Jesus is holding onto your right hand, you're safe. There were two children who were playing and they were talking about Jesus. And uh, one child said, I hold on to Jesus Christ with my hand. The other child said, if Satan comes and cuts your hand, what will you do? He said, I'll hold on to him with the other hand. And the other child said, if he cuts the other hand also, what will you do? Then the child brightened up and said, Jesus will hold me. I tell you, friends, if we hold on to the hands of Jesus, we may let go. But when he holds on to us, we are safe. So here we see this psalm is Asa telling, Yes, I am continually with you, Lord. You are holding me by my right hand. You shall guide me with your own counsel and afterward receive me into glory. Now, God longs to counsel us daily. The word of God is there. God wants to counsel us daily. He wants to guide us daily. We must be in a position to wait in His presence and then receive His own guidelines. The Word of God says, Blessed are the people who wait patiently at His gate. And blessed are the people who wait in His presence early. Seek Him early in life, early every day. When you get up in the morning and pray in the presence of God, what happens is He will guide you. So you will be in a position to confess like Asaph, I am continually with you, O Lord. You are holding me by my right hand. You shall guide me with your own counsel and afterward receive me into glory. Now, after our sojourn in this world is over, we will be entering into eternity. Till that day, God wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So from God's side, that is his understanding. That is his longing. Are we longing to be in the presence of God? Can we confess like Asaph? Confession 3. Heaven's glorious acquaintance and right earthly desire. Verse 26, if you read, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that to desire beside you. Now we must have this clear understanding. When we talk about heaven, whom do we have there? Who will talk about us? Who will stand for us? It is Jesus alone. Whom do we have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that to desire beside you. If we know that Jesus is for us in heaven, talking to God the Father, interceding for us with the help of the Holy Spirit when he is in us, we will be sure of Jesus who is pleading for us there. And if we know about that, our desire in this world will be only on him. So here he says, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that, that desire beside you. You know, when we talk about the affections, when we talk about love that we have for other people, love for Jesus must be supreme. We must be in a position to tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. I want to love you more. We must be able to love the Lord Jesus with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. Then we would be able to declare like this declaration, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that to deserve beside you. What happens among people is, sometimes, you know, people begin to love others more than God, more than Jesus. When young people fall in love with one another, they ardently love one another. There is no place for Jesus in their lives. So, dear friends, where is the affection? Whom do you love more? Are you in a position to declare like this man, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that to desire besides you. And then he says, My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I tell you, when we became old, our body strength deteriorates. Lot of problems will be there. Sometimes, you know, old, when people become old, they lose their memory. They are not able to recognize some people. They are not able to remember certain things. And they are not able to be balanced in their own thoughts or words. That is what's happening among many people. But here he says, when you are able to have the presence of God, elsewhere in one of the Psalms it is said, when you are planted in the house of the Lord, even when you become old, you shall be strong, you shall be fat and flourishing. So here the psalmist says, my flesh and my heart fail. Well, our flesh cannot be always strong, but at the same time, heart also may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So what God wants to perform in and through you, he will be able to perform it provided you have this confession. It all begins with going into the presence of God. Yes, I've had confusion. What is the use of my praying and meditating God's word? What is the use of my coming around the altar? The people of the world, they flourish. I'm having problem. They're able to have more than they could desire. Then he says, until I went to the presence of God and understood therein, it was trouble for me. So when we have problems in this world, we must understand that we should go to the presence of God and pour our heart there and get ourselves cleansed. Then we will be able to have this confession, God is good to people who are of clean heart. And also we will have the confession that he is always with us. He is holding us by our right hand. He will guide us in our path and at the end receive us into glory. Now, so though limitations may be there, though problems may come, and then we will have the confidence, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, many people long for portions in this world. 
There's nothing wrong in having a plot and by building a house, there's nothing wrong in it. God can bless it. At the same time, when people long for portion in this world alone, forsaking God, then it is dangerous. So this psalmist says, my flesh and my heart failed, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now this is heaven's glorious acquaintance and also our declaration about our desire here. So we must be in a position to say, whom do I have in heaven but you? And on earth, I desire nothing beside you. Now is that real in your own heart? We must desire Jesus more than anything in this world. Give him the first priority. Then all other things will be in the right perspective, right order. What all you need in your life, God is able to give to you. Years back, Dr. Billy Graham, a great man of God who lived in USA, he was preparing a message on Saturday. After uh, prayer was over, he went to sleep and he had a dream. In his dream, he found himself going to the throne room of God. And God was sitting on the throne in mighty power. And as he entered into the, in the chamber, God asked him, who are you? What do you want? God's face was rather firm and he did not know how to answer. He said, I am Billy Graham. And he said, I don't know you. So when he had this encounter, he was coming out of the throne room rather saddened because God did not accept him. Then suddenly Jesus came there and said, Billy, what is happening? Why are you here? And he said, why are you so sad? And Billy Graham said, Father is not accepting me. Then Jesus put his hand over Billy Graham, took him to the throne room of God and said, Father, this is my child. He obeys me. And God's face beamed and said, come into, come into, your, into my presence. This was a dream, but it had a deeper connotation. I tell you, friends, whom do we have in heaven who can recognize us? Only Jesus who loved us and who gave his life for us. Do we realize it? Or do we have apparent outward religiosity of going to church and doing something, giving some offering and reading a few portions of the Bible and coming back? No. God wants to guide you. And we must be able to have a confession like this man. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that it is beside you. In the place where you have to give to Jesus, let nobody come and take that place. Nor your wife, nor your husband, nor your children, nor your lover, nor, not any other leader. Jesus must be given the best time that you have, best priority that you give to him. Then you will have this confession. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And on upon earth I desire nothing beside you. And then we'll have the confession, you'll have the confidence, though you're failing health, though in your own uh, problems in your body, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Not only this world, portion forever. He will be your portion, he will be your inheritance. I tell you friends, when you have the inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ in you, when he is your inheritance, you'll be anchored on the right ground. Years back when I came to do God's work, it was, I was 25 years old. The Lord spoke to me and said, I am your inheritance. Till today, he's sustaining me. He's my inheritance. He's my portion forever. When you have this confidence, you will not be confused. Problems may come. You may have lack of finances. You may have problems in your own life. At the same time, when you have this anchor in your life, when you have this confession in your life, you'll be cool. You'll be able to overcome all your problems and stand for the Lord. There is none upon earth that I desire beside you. When Jesus hears it from our own heart, how happy he will be. How happy he will be. 
I encourage all of you to tell Jesus when you pray, Lord, I love you. Father, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Help me to love you more and more. Give me grace to love you with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my, all my mind. When you have this type of attitude, you will be able to do great, greater things in the presence of God. I tell you, friends, God is able to guide you into all the truth. When you go to the presence of God, you'll understand everything in the right perspective. You'll be able to look at situations, look at people through God's vantage point and be cool and serene in the presence of God. So, dear friends, this must be there. Well, you may have problems. Take all your problems to God and God is able to give you complete victory. Confession 4, they that are far from you shall perish. Verse 27 and 28. They that are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all them that go after idols, departing from you. But it is good for me to draw nearer to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all your works. You know, this is important. Going to the presence of God, getting confirmation that he is your uh, treasure forever is not enough. There are people outside the kingdom of God who are dying in their own sin and disobediences. You'll have to have burden for them. You must have burden for dying souls. You must be able to preach God's word to people. The extension of God's kingdom must be in your own heart. Now, dear friends, are you longing for the salvation of souls in your life? Are you longing for the salvation of souls? God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He has all that you need. So what we need to understand is we must Understand our own heart condition by going to the presence of God like Asaph. Also understand the situation that are around. Then you will be cool. You will be balanced in your understanding. You will not caricature some understanding of some people. You will not have a caricature of um, I mean, understanding of certain situations that are happening in your life. In conclusion, let me tell you, truly God is good to Israel, even to such, are, such that are of a clean heart. When we develop a clean heart, God will be always with us. He will perform all that he intended to perform in and through us. All that he wanted to perform in and through us, he will perform. I read the story about uh, Tsar Nicholas of Russia before uh, the um, entry of Soviet Union, before the building of Soviet Union. Tsar Nicholas was there. He was a great uh, emperor there. And during some war, the soldiers were all scattered in their own tents. They were waiting there at night. And during the war time in the tents, they should not have light, they should not have lamps there. Tsar Nicholas, one day he just wanted to move around and then look at the people. When he went into a tent, he saw a light burning. He got so upset, he wanted to, I mean, take that man into account. But as he went there, he found this man was sleeping on the table and there is a paper on the table on to which he has written the money that he had to pay to his own debtors lot of amount he had to pay and he just calculated I think huge amount is there and underneath he has written who shall pay all my debts who shall pay all these debts and he put down the um, and pen there he was sleeping because of his uh, anxiety and suff and suff I mean uh, tiresomeness he was sleeping and King Nicholas he just, uh, the Emperor Nicholas, he just put his signature there and taking his signet, he just put his uh, signet I mean, uh, impression there and he went away. Early morning when this man got up, he read what was written, I will pay all your debts. Signature was Tsar Nicholas. 
Immediately he went to the treasury of the uh, emperor and said, I have this record, please give me the money that is written here. He was able to receive all that he could from Tsar Nicholas. I tell you friends, if an emperor of Russia could help a poor man, will not God give what is needed? Don't be troubled in your own heart. Learn to confess these things before God. What are the confessions that this man of God, Esau, was able to make? Confession 1, truly God is good to Israel, even to such air of a clean heart. Confession 2, I am always with you. I am continually with you. You are holding me by my right hand. You shall guide me with your own counsel and afterward receive me into glory. What else do we need? As long as we live in this world, we'll be walking in the path of God. When we die, we go into glory. What else do we need? We must have this confession. Confession 3. Whom do I have in heaven but you? There is none upon earth that you desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So, God is there for you, for us, my dear friends. Confession 4. They that are far away from God will go into perdition. That is there. Punishment will be there. But as far as I am concerned, I will draw nearer to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all his works. As long as you live, live as a testimony for the Lord. Reach out to people who are living in sin. Long for the salvation of souls. All that you need in your own life, God is able to give. I tell you friends, when you talk to one soul about Jesus Christ in a sincere manner, having truth inside and outside, God will touch such people. If one sinner repents, there is joy in heaven. If that sinner becomes a disciple, more joy in heaven. If that disciple becomes a soul winner, great joy in heaven. Are you adding joy to heaven? And are you in a position to declare, whom do I have in heaven but you? And on upon earth, I desire nothing beside you. My heart cries that all of you should have, all of you must have this desire, this confession that Asaph had. Shall we look to God in prayer? Loving Father, how can we sufficiently thank you, Lord, and praise you for great men of God like Asaph, who were able to understand their own heart condition and also the scenario outside and come closer to you and make all these beautiful confessions. Oh God, you are truly good to people who are of a clean heart. Make my heart more clean, oh Lord. I pray for all these dear people. Every father, every mother, every child, every daughter, let them long to have a clean heart, oh Father, so that they will understand God's goodness and know that you will be able to guide them as they live in this world and later, afterward, receive into glory. Receive, go into glory. Bless all these dear people, oh Lord. Let them know that the word of God is real. Let them know that Jesus is real. God is real. Let them reach out to thee, O Lord, and receive all the blessings that you kept in store for them. Guide us and lead us, O Lord. In Jesus' almighty name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you, friends, and keep you as witnesses for his kingdom till the last day.